Come on, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper right now. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper right now. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper right now. It still works. 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 Washed by his blood, it still works. Reaches to the highest mountain, it still works. Flows to the lowest valley, it still works. Lord have mercy. sing it together. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Come on. Sing that second verse. It soothes my doubts and it calms my fears. It soothes my doubts and calms my fears. Come on, and it dries all my tears.
Father, we pray that our worship around this table, this celebration of the meal of the ages, that this worship offered to you will be acceptable in your sight. God, first, we thank you for the privilege to be able to come around this table to partake of these elements, this unleavened bread and this fruit of the vine, uh, able to partake of this meal that you started over 2,000 years ago, able to partake in the meal that our foreparents partook of, our great-grandparents, our grandparents, our parents, and we can continue that legacy. We ask God for forgiveness of our sins, a thought, word, and deed, those things that we have done overtly, covertly, and inadvertently. We ask for your forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy. And God, we pray those who have an ought against us that they would forgive us and those we have an ought against that we would forgive them that we would not let anything earthly or temporal hinder our spiritual relationship and fellowship with you. Now God, as we partake of these elements, remind us of what you have done for us and remind us of what you expect from us. As we move into this new year, may we move into it with a commitment like no other to become and do all that you have called us to do. Where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Everybody say, for me. He said, as often as you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us eat and remember his sacrifice together. Amen. Likewise, when supper was ended, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood, which is given for you. This is the new covenant. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sin. He said, as often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us drink and remember together. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for the opportunity to be able to worship around this table. We pray now that we would live better lives for you until we come together again around this table and may this table mark a time of reflection and recommitment to be all you want us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. and thank God. Let the people of God say amen. amen, amen. If you can, give the Lord a hand of praise wherever you are. Man, praise God for all of you who are here and all of you who are watching via the internet. Man, let me say 
Good morning to you. We greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Listen, if you're just glad to make it into the new year, come on and give God some praise. Amen. Amen. Some of you I have not seen, had a chance to speak to, so let me say Happy New Year to all of those that I may have missed thus far. Man, I'm hoping and praying that this is the year that God does some amazing things in your life and we're looking forward to God having his way. Rooted and grounded, make some noise! Man, I want to thank all of the rooted and grounded facilitators and participants who came out on yesterday. Man, we had three to four hundred come out for our rooted and grounded reset. And it was such a great, great time. And I want to thank all of our coordinators and all of our team members for doing a great job. For those of you who missed it, man, you missed a blessing. Um, but we're going to have it recorded and ready for you to be able to watch if you were not able to make it out. But man, it was absolutely tremendous. Looking forward to God doing some amazing things. This is the last Sunday for you to register for the winter discipleship session. Uh, we will be starting next Sunday. The Lord says the same. Rooted and grounded is our discipleship philosophy. It is our culture. Ground one is rooted curriculum. And then the next level is purpose-driven life. And we're going to be doing both of those starting next week. We'll be doing rooted for those of you who have never done rooted. Remember, if you're going to be a member of this church, you've got to complete rooted and move through the process. We've got, I've given everybody three years to get that done. And if you're looking for some place to be entertained, you want church tainment then uh, I get you a ticket maybe to see Beyonce or somebody. Amen. That's not what we do here. Amen. And you may want to go somewhere to be entertained and what, that's not what we do here. We don't focus on having church or going to church. We focus on being church. Amen. Amen. And we're excited about seeing God do amazing things in the life of our church um, this past year has been the best year in the 29 years that I've been here. I'll be here 30 years in April. And God has been doing some amazing things. Amazing things. Every metric that you look at regarding church, church health, church growth, numerical, financial, spiritual, volunteerism, community impact. Man, last year... We just saw God do some amazing things and it's because of your commitment and those of you who are part of our church on the virtual platform, you've made a commitment to be the church that God has called us to be and I'm excited about that. So you can register today. Today we have a special testimony that's going to be shared by our discipleship coordinator and that's none other and Sister Toya Coleman. She's going to come and give us her testimony live today. Come on, y'all show Toya some love. Her and her team does a tremendous job of helping get us ready and keeping us on track regarding our rooted and grounded culture. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. 
First of all, I want to say with the loss of my mother, for all of you all that reached out by text, by phone call, for those who were a blessing to even come to Dallas to her service, I want to say thank you. My family, we were all warmed. Our hearts were warmed by that. So thank you for your condolences. So in August of 2022, I retired, which I can still barely say without smiling. Uh, but it gave me some free time, and um, so I talked to Pastor, and we ended up with the discipleship um, coordinator's position here at the church, and it's been a blessing. I can't say that I knew that Rooted and Grounded would be as big as it is and, and as much as it is, but I can say this. I am living my best life right now. I am. I am living my best life. And the reason that I'm living my best life is because I'm walking in my purpose. I am doing exactly what I know that God has called me to do. And so for that, I am so incredibly happy. It brings a sense of peace and a sense of joy. So that I love. So one of the things that I wanted to just chat quickly about is my history with the discipleship. Years ago, before Good Hope, before Rooted and Grounded, back in the late 80s, I was discipled by Tangie Stephanie. Tangie Stephanie discipled me, then I went on and to disciple others. Tangie keeps up with who I have discipled because that's part of her kingdom work when she knows that fruit has been bared by what she has done, and I'm the same. I keep up with people who I discipled, they, who, they, who else they disciple. What discipleship looks like, can look, it can be different things. At Good Hope, thank God, We've set up the infrastructure through Rooted and Grounded where you can actually disciple others in a community of the life group. But it doesn't have to look like that. It could look like a one-on-one -on -one thing that I did with Tony Whitaker recently where we went through the fruit of the spirit and how that looks on ladies and women in the Bible. That was a blessing. How do we look when we walk with love, with gentleness, with patience? So the main thing is for us to all have a commitment not just to be discipled, for us to carry that on and disciple others, and for those people to continue to disciple. So the last thing that I'd like to leave with you is as we start this new year, make our commitments and our resolutions and goals, the one thing that I wanna maybe encourage some and challenge others, and that is to decide today, what am I going to do in 2024 to impact the kingdom? What are you going to do in 2024 to impact the kingdom? What are you going to do in 2024 that impacts the kingdom? Find out what your purpose is. We do um, Discovery 301 every quarter, one's coming up at the end, that will help you find your shape and your purpose. Find that because that is how you will impact the kingdom through your purpose. Thank you. Amen. Come on, let's show some love to Sister Toya Coleman, our discipleship coordinator. Um, I've, I've pulled her into some deep water at times. She's uh, taught class for me. I'm, I'm doing a class discipling to revitalize the post-pandemic church, and I've had students from all over the country, um, classes online, pastors, churches, church leaders, and I brought Toya in to uh, talk to them about some of the logistical specifics of implementing 
the system that we have put in place. I want you to keep me in your prayers this year. If the Lord says the same, I'm going to try to finish a book about this and our journey to help other pastors and churches think through this. Uh, because I think in many ways we have been doing church the wrong way now for almost 2,000 years. Um, we come and you sit out there, look at people up here and expect them to entertain you like you're the audience. And we fail to realize that there's only one audience and that's God. And while you're looking up here, God is looking at you saying, what are you going to offer to me in terms of acceptable worship? Um, Toya mentioned that um, our classes, our, our session is going to start next week. On the 21st, we're going to have Discipleship 301, Discovering Your Shape. So put that on your calendar. Uh, you want to register for that to find out how God has uniquely shaped and gifted you so you can be used in the kingdom work. There's no greater knowledge that you can get than the knowledge of how God has made you and how God wants to use you. Mark Twain said the two greatest days in a person's life is the day that they were born and the day they find out why they were born. And you want to discover that purpose. And then we have the Salt and Light Ministry Fair coming up on Sunday. That's going to be January the 28th. And Salt and Light Ministry Fair is really set up to connect us with organizations where we can be salt and be light in the world and be a witness for God. And so we're excited about that. Looking forward to God doing some amazing things in 2024. I know some of y'all already got your t-shirts. I want more in 2024. Want more in 20. I'm going to be more in 2024. So we're going to see if we can get a good start on that on today. Where are all my January birthdays? Stand on your feet wherever you are. January birthdays. All of the January birthdays. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Lord, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, you look good. You look Don't you know good. you look fine? pray you have a happy birthday and I hope and pray you have many more let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today in his word father we thank you and bless you for this day we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight and will bring glory and honor to you 
May you be glorified. May your people be edified and may the devil be horrified and terrified at what happens when the life-giving, life-changing word of God goes forth and finds good soil in the hearts of your people. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to the word of the Lord. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. How can you limit God? How can you put a bind on the blesser? How can you put handcuffs on the holy? How can you put a straitjacket on sovereignty? How can you strap down the Savior? How can you live in a way that renders omniscience ignorant? How can you make omnipresence stationary? How can you make omnipotence impotent? How can you limit God? The Bible says that somehow the children of Israel stumbled on a plan of doom and they learned how to limit what God could do in their lives. Now, my brothers and sisters, we will sit here today and we would think in our, our minds, why would they do that? Why would they limit God? But I got news for you, my brothers and sisters. Many of you in here have discovered in your own life how to put limitations on God. You, you, you want to blame your mama? You want to blame your daddy? You want to blame the devil? You, you, you want to blame the white man, the red man, black man? But you have failed to understand that you have put your own limitations on God. Here's God wanting to do, according to the scriptures, exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Here is God who says, I want to do for you what no other power can do. And here's what you have done with God. You have said, God, stop. God says, I want to bless you. You say, no, 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 stop. God says, I want to deliver you. Mm-mm, stop. You want God to run through a stop sign that you have decided to hold up in your own life. You want to blame your husband, your wife. You want to blame your children. You want to blame your parents. And God says, no, you got to look in the mirror because you have discovered how 
to put limitations on the unlimited God. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to release the God you've restricted. How to release the God you have restricted. Somebody that's watching today, somebody that's here under the sound of my voice, God, God put this message on my heart. God made it clear, confirmed for me this morning. God said, this, this message needs to be preached. God, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I preached this several years ago. The Lord said, yeah, but they don't remember it. So, some of them don't remember it. Some of them have never heard it, but they all need to be reminded that they need to turn me loose in their life. If, if you really want more in 2024, if you really want God to do some great things in your life, God says you got to learn how to release me and let me be who I want to be in your life. Now this Psalm, Psalm 78, our Psalm today, if you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you. For those of you who are online, you can use the app and you can go to the sermon notes for today. You can follow along. You can fill in the blanks on the app, on your tablet, or on your smartphone device. Psalm 78 is regarded as the first and greatest of the historical psalms. Uh, it's an inspired comment on the sacred history of Israel. It records God's repeated mercies and Israel's repeated mess-ups. Over and over again, Israel messed up. And over and over again, once they were chastised by God, they went to God and asked for mercy. And over and over again, God provided mercy. Over and over again, they were restored only to repeat the cycle over and over again. All right. And the Bible says that Asaph, the author of this psalm, saw that pattern. He saw the pattern that kept them from fulfilling their God-ordained potential for life and living. Every time they'd make one step forward, they'd make a step back. They'd make two steps forward, they'd make a step back. And they never could fulfill who God created them to be because they learned and practiced how to put limitations on God. Three things today I want you to see if you're going to release the God you have restricted in your life. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize you can limit what God can do in your life. You can limit what God can do in your life. Verse 40, Psalm 78, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This is a generation who turned down the opportunity to go into the promised land. They heard the promises of God, but they saw what they believed to be insurmountable obstacles. They came back after seeing the promised land and said everything that God said is true, but there are some giants in the land. Well. And we don't know if we can take down those giants. And what they failed to realize is that when God promised them the promised land, yeah. he never said that you can take the land only in the absence of giants. Ah, 
God wanted them to know that the presence of giants never overrode the presence of God. And so when God says, this is what I want you to do, God says, I expect you to do it. But the Bible says that again and again, they tempted God. The King James translation says they turned back and tempted God. That phrase turned back in the English comes from a word that means to retreat, to decide to turn around. If not literally, figuratively in your mind, you want to go back, but in wanting to go back, you do not move forward. You remember the children of Israel got out in the wilderness and they got frustrated because God had led them out of Egypt and they left with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But when they got out in the wilderness, they didn't move as fast as they wanted to move. They didn't get everything that they wanted to get. And the Bible says there was a group that wanted to go back to Egypt. They started complaining, saying it wasn't that bad in Egypt. We had good groceries in Egypt. Pharaoh wasn't that bad a master. Let's go back to Egypt. And here's what they failed to realize. It took a miracle to get them out of Egypt. And God is not in the habit of performing a miracle to put his people back in bondage. And so here they are, tempting God. Uh, That word for tempt means to try, uh, to prove, to challenge God, to prove who he was. And and the Bible says they, they tempted him, they tried him, they did not believe him, they were not content. And the text says they limited God. Uh, That word for limit means to vex, to wound, or to cause pain. Can you imagine causing God pain? Hurting God because God wants so much more for you. But you have figured out directly or indirectly how to limit what God wants to do in your life. Now, how do you limit God? What what does limiting God look like? Let let me give you a couple of high points. You might be able to think of some some of your ways that you've limited God, but let me just give you two major ways. Uh, we, We limit God when we bring the creator down to the level of the creature. And in bringing the creator down to the level of the creature, we project our own limitations upon God. So here's what we do. If I can't see it, God can't see it. If I can't do it, God must not be able to do it. Matter of fact, can I tell you what some of us do? Here's what some of us do. Because we are saved, because we have been washed in the blood and sealed by the spirit, we make the mistake of thinking all of our thoughts must be God thoughts. So because I am saved, if I think it, it must be God. No matter how crazy or how insane the thought may be, it must be God because I'm a child of God. And God loves me. And when we project our limitations, the limitations of the creation on the creator, and we don't think God can do because we can't do, and we don't think God can see because we can't see, we limit God. 
Now, unless you think I'm talking about the person next to you, I'm talking about you. Because you have sat there in your own life. And somebody has said to you, maybe God wants you. And you said, no. Not because you prayed and God said no. But because you said no. And because you thought no, you said no. And you put the stop sign up in God's face. So even if God wanted to bless you, he couldn't. Because you projected your limitations on God. Here's another way we limit God. When we require God to do what we want, when we want, how we want it, and if he doesn't move the way we think it should be done, then we don't really even want it. See, nothing good in the English language exists when you put the word premature in front of it. I don't care how good it is, when you put the word premature in front of it, you got a problem. And can I tell you something? Many times we want what we want before we're ready for what we want. Sometimes in our prayers, listen carefully, God has to get some things ready for us. Many times God has to get us ready for what he's getting ready for us. And too many times we don't stay the course long enough to get what God is getting ready for us because we get impatient when God is getting us ready for what he's getting ready for us. And if it doesn't come when I want it, as soon as I want it, then it must not be what God wants. So we want to blame somebody. We, we want to be the victim. We, we want to blame saints and sinners. We want to blame God. We want to blame the devil. We want to blame mama. We want to blame daddy. We want to blame where I was born. and who. We want to blame somebody else instead of looking in the mirror and recognizing that we have put limitations on what God wants to do in our life. So you got to learn how to take responsibility for those limitations. Here's the second thing. Not only do you need to realize you can limit what God can do in your life. But number two, you need to identify the attitudes and actions that cause you to limit God. See, see there are some things that I, I know some of you may have walked into limiting God unknowingly, but I, I'm here to tell you there are some things that you do that cause you to limit God. It's right here in the text. Verse 7. That they may set their hope in God. Here it is. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Verse 11, Psalm 78. And forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And he made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He splits the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. 
Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Here it is, A, first problem, forgetfulness. They forgot what God had done. Part of their forgetfulness manifested itself in a lack of contentment. They got clothes that won't wear out, water to drink, and manna to eat. And they said, can God give us some quail? You got water to drink and hamburger to eat, and you asking, can God give me some Wagyu steak if he's God? That's what the text says, that they asked for the food of their fancy, not what they needed, but what they greeted. And they forgot what God had done. They forgot self-imposed amnesia. They, They forgot they were suffering from spiritual dementia. They forgot what God had done. Led them across the Red Sea. Parted the waters. Made a way for them out of nowhere. And the Bible says they were asking for more. They forgot what the Lord had done. My brothers and sisters, somebody in here right now, you have forgotten what the Lord has done. Matter of fact, you doubt what God can do because you have forgotten what he's already done. Can I tell you one of the reasons you have forgotten what he's already done? One of the reasons you have forgotten what he has done is because you haven't given him credit for what he did do. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you. See, you so busy taking credit for what the Lord has done that you can't give him credit for what he has done because you're taking credit for it yourself. You're talking about your connections and how smart you are and how intelligent you are and how beautiful you are and how handsome you are and how connected you are and you're not seeing what God has been doing all along. said he forgot. They forgot what God had done. Here's the second thing. Uh, Forgetfulness will get you there, but watch B. Psalm 78, verse 8. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright, and whose spirit was not, there it is, faithful to God. Verse 22. Because they did not believe in God, and did not trust in his salvation. Verse 36, let's read it together. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth, and they lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. They lied to God. Why? Because they were forgetful, and B, they were faithless. Faithlessness will cause you to limit God. 
Now, don't miss the order because when you forget what God has done, you will not be faithful to what God wants you to do. All right. They, they couldn't trust God. They couldn't believe God. They couldn't put their faith in God because they had forgotten what God had done. Y'all, whenever you are faithless to trust God and believe God, you will limit God. Can I tell you something? When God has something for you to do, here's what you need to understand. It has to be too big for you to do in order for God to get the credit and the glory. If it's too small for God to get the credit and the glory, then you'll take the credit and the glory. That's why you got to have some stuff in your life that is defined by God did it. Have I got one or two people in here who can think back over your life and think about some God did it moments? You, you couldn't have worked it out. You couldn't have planned it out. You couldn't have straightened it out, but God did it. It was too big for you to handle, but God did it. They were forgetful. They were faithless. But here's the third one. Look at verse 9, Psalm 78. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. Don't miss the order. Watch this. Verse 7 says they were forgetful. Verse 8 says they were faithless. Verse 9 says they were fearful. Watch the progression. When you forget what God has done, you'll be faithless regarding what God wants to do, and you'll be too fearful to trust him to do what God has commanded you to do. The children of Ephraim, the Bible says, they were armed, they were carrying bows. They were armed with bows, and they are ready to go into battle. Now, here's the mistake that they made. This is when fear took over because there was no faith to fill the void. The Bible says they have an opportunity to go into the promised land. The Bible says that God tells them, Go into the promised land and you are going to be victorious. The Bible says that they got caught up in the giants in the land. And they missed the fact that the giants in the land were not bigger than the God that they served. Let me see if I can get somebody on this side of the room that gets it. You cannot live your life Looking at the size of your giants and missing the size of your God. You got to live knowing that your God is bigger than your problems. David would have never defeated Goliath if he didn't recognize that his God was bigger than his enemy. And there's somebody, fear is keeping you. It's holding you back. It's holding you back. Now, 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 watch the order. Forgetfulness, faithlessness, and fearfulness. Which one of those is causing you to limit God? Is it one of them, two of them, or all three of them? God says, you've got to learn how to let me go. 
But you can't let me go if you're holding on to forgetfulness, faithlessness, and fearfulness. Amen. Here's the third thing, and then I'm going to let you go. Number three, if you're going to release the God you've restricted, you must intentionally release God to be God in your life. You must intentionally, everybody say intentionally. intentionally. Listen, maybe that's your word for the year, intentionality. You've got to be intentional about what you do. You cannot release God in your life by accident. All right. You, you, you've got to be intentional. You've got to make a shift, a change in your actions and your attitudes. What, what do I need to do to release God in my life? Well, look at what it took to restrict him, and let's create a prescription to release him. Amen. A, remember what the Lord has done in your life. Amen. Remember what the Lord has done. Verse 5, Psalm 105, remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Remember, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you were once uncircumcised. You was once in darkness. Now you walk in the light. God has saved you and he saved you for a purpose. He saved you for a reason. You got to remember what the Lord has done. Listen, sometimes you can get so caught up in what you're going through and what you're dealing with that you don't stop to remember. This is not the first time you've gone through some difficulties. That's right, that's right. This, this is not the first time the devil tried to take you out. That's true. True this, this is not the first time the devil tried to rob you of your testimony. Yes. This is not the first time somebody came against you. He may have changed the person, but the goal and objective has remained the same. Yes, yes. But you've got to remember yes. what God has done. Remember, remember. But here's the second thing. He says, if you're going to release him, you got to realize what the Lord is doing in your life right now. Oh, remember what he's done in your yesterday, but you better know God is not through yet. God is still working on you. God is still trying to do something amazing through you. And the problem is you are literally hindering and holding yourself back. Man. Watch what the text says. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. Amen. For with God, all things are possible. Listen. You got to trust in the ability of God, yes. even when it doesn't make sense to you. Remember what I said, if you project the limitations of the creature on the creator, then you'll miss what the creator can do. You'll miss what God can do because you don't think it can be done. Let me give you an example. I had a friend call me not long ago. Uh, he's a little older than me, like a big brother. And he said, man, DZ, I wanted to call you, man. He said, I'm thinking about going back to school. And I said, wow. I said, man, that's awesome. That's great. I, I was actually surprised because I thought he had finished school. And he said, man, yeah, I want to go back to school. He said, man, but I'm struggling a little bit. He said, man, because I'm, I'm 70. And, uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm older, you know, to be going back to school. You know, so I'm just wrestling with it, man. So I just wanted to talk to somebody about it, man. So I called you. 
So I said to him, I said, well, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, um, you already have some credits and stuff? He said, yeah, yeah, I got some credits. I said, okay, how long do you think it's going to take you to finish school? He said, well, I don't know, four or five years, you know, for me to do everything that I want to do. I said, so five years? He said, yeah, man. He said, I'll be 75. He said, man, you know, I'm getting up there in age. And I said, all right. I said, now, let me ask you a question. How old are you going to be in five years if you don't go to school? Y'all think I'm talking about my friend. I'm really talking about you. I'm really talking about you. I'm really talking about you. Because here's what God said. Here's what I told my friend. I said, so the choice is not how old you're going to be. The choice is what you're going to accomplish when you get that old. Right? And here's the problem. Many of you don't realize God is doing something in your life right now, and you are a dream killer. The tragedy is you killing your own dream. Somebody says you ought to do that. I, I, I don't think I can do that. I don't know. I, no, that's a whole lot. I don't know. And then you start coming up with excuses, which are simply bullets in your dream-killing gun. When somebody else tries to kill your dream, well, that, that's why I always tell people: be careful who you share your dream with. Because well, well. folk who don't know how to dream are quick to kill somebody else's dream. But Lord have mercy when you become the dream killer of your own dream. God wants to do something in you right now. Yes. Now, the question is, will you receive it or will you deny it? Will you let God have his way or will you continue to put limitations on what God can do in your life? Here's the last thing. See, rest and rely on what the Lord can do for you. Rest and rely on what the Lord can do for you. Psalm 37, verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Um, have you ever heard somebody complaining, even if it was yourself, hey. about what somebody else is doing hey. that you don't think they really deserve or really gifted enough to do? Hey. And why is God giving them those opportunities and you didn't get those opportunities? Why somebody on their fourth husband and you can't get one? Why all your friends got good wives and you can't get one good wife? Why, why you got to train your own supervisors? Why can't you get the supervisor job? And the psalmist says, don't fret because of him who prospers in his way. 
Don't fret because of the one who brings wicked schemes to pass. Do not fret. Rest in the Lord. Yes, yes. And wait patiently on him. And, and listen, that resting in the Lord is not a passive term. It's an active term. It, it, trusting is active. Relying on God is an active term. You got to make the choice. You got to make the decision. Somebody in here needs to decide today how the rest of your life is going to look. You, you got to make that decision. And if you have been limiting God, then guess who's the one that has to unlimit him? Well, Who's the one who has to take the handcuffs off of God? Well, well. Who's the one that has to take the straight jacket off of God? If you put it on him, yeah. <laughs> who has to take it off of him? Yeah. See, you need to let God be God in your life. You need to let God have his way in your life. You need to realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if I'm going to have greater, i got to let God be greater. you got to learn how to trust him and rely on him and lean and depend on him. you you got to learn how to become content wherever God has you. And know wherever God wants you to be, God can get you there if you trust him and never doubt. You got to make a decision. Yes, yes. You got to make a decision. See, see you, can't, you can't say to God, God, stop. See, see, nobody in their right mind would say, God, no, no, don't bless me, God. No, 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 God, don't make a way for me. No, no, God, don't do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think. Because I'm already limiting what you can do to what I can think. And if you say you want to do above what I can ask or think, and I'm limiting you to what I can think, then I know I can't. I got the stop sign up in front of God. But can I tell you the, the worst place to put the stop sign is not just in front of God. It's in front of yourself. See, see, there are a whole lot of you who are limiting God. You know why? Because opportunities are present. Chances are there. And here you go. And y'all, when I got the stop sign up in front of my face like this, I can't see nothing else but stop. I can't see possibilities. I can't see potential. All I can see is stop. And, and listen, it's one thing when somebody else puts a stop sign in front of your face. But it's a whole nother problem when you're the one holding the sign. Look at somebody to your left and say, move the stop sign. Look at somebody to your right and say, move the stop sign. Because there's nothing more limiting than stopping yourself. And God wants to do something great in your life.
Father, we thank you. And we bless you today. I pray now for somebody under the sound of my voice, God. I pray that they would dare to dream instead of killing their dream. I pray, God, that they would trust you, that they would remove forgetfulness, faithlessness, and fearfulness. And that they would trust you and say, Lord, any way you bless me, I'm going to be satisfied. And I'm going to trust you to do beyond what I can ask, think, or imagine. God, we can't see it, but you can see it. We can't do it, but God, we know you can do it. And I pray, God, that somebody who's watching, somebody who is listening, would receive this word and change their life, change their living, so they can walk in all that you have for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask all of these blessings. Amen. Amen.